You're listening to the Conversation Corner Podcast, your audio masterclass experience that highlights inspiring stories, thought-provoking ideas, and helpful life-changing tips from people around the world. Welcome back, Conversation Corner Podcast family. I am so excited again to be here with you today. Right now, I have on the line with me team empowerment leader, author, keynote speaker, success coach, U.S. presidential CNCS appointee, and a member of Essence Magazine's Power List, alongside Michelle Obama and Oprah Winfrey. This guest, her name is Mona Dixon, and she is on the line with us today. How you doing, Mona? I'm doing amazing, and I'm so excited to be here with you today to share my story and help empower some young people. Well, we're so excited to have you on. I can't wait to get into the meat and potatoes of this conversation. But before we begin, why don't you tell us just a little bit about yourself? Yes, I think you got to that in the beginning, but (laughs) (laughs) so yeah, uh, I'm actually, you know, currently a doctoral student and I am a motivational speaker. So that's what I do uh, in, in the majority of my time. So I travel all over and speak at different types of events and help a lot of charities raise money for their causes. And then I also am the CEO and founder of my uh, my nonprofit, Inspired by Mona Foundation, where I just help provide teens with resources, real life skills um, to be successful and just help bring them all those skills that they need before they become an adult, before they dig themselves into holes and um, just help them take that leap into adulthood. So that's a little bit about what I do. Mona, you do so many incredible things. I mean, the list just goes on and on and on. And we could talk for days about some of the achievements that you have obtained and just how passionate you are about helping today's young people. But where did all that come from? Where did it start? How did you get your motivation or inspiration to do that sort of thing? Well, after I was homeless for a little bit, my uh, I actually started going to the Boys and Girls Club, and that just so happened to be behind my apartment that we got when we were on Section 8 housing, uh, and I went to the Boys and Girls Club one day, and I used to be shy. I'm not shy anymore. I can talk your ears off all day, but uh, I went to the Boys and Girls Club, and I kind of asked, you know, what does it take for me to become a member here? And it took me a long time to build up the courage to go there because I knew that it would cost something for me to go to the Boys and Girls Club, but I just didn't know what that something was, but I knew that that something was more than my family could afford. Uh, Even if it was $5, $10, that was something that my mom could spend on toilet paper or toothpaste or laundry detergent from the dollar store. So I didn't want to go and ask her to pay for something when I knew that we needed that money at home. Uh, But one day I just was like, let me go and just see. And I went in there and I asked the lady, I said, uh, what does it take for me to become a member here? How can I come here? And she said, well, you have to bring that back this $20 membership fee and this application form. And I kind of just was like, okay. And I grabbed it and I was going to walk out. And it was almost as if she sent something and she said, wait, come back. And she ended up paying that $20 membership fee for me. She told me, just bring back the application form and we'll take care of the rest. And I always talk about how that $20 changed the rest of my life because it gave me a place where I could 
call home. Uh, it gave me a family, it gave me friends. It gave me all the resources that I needed to be successful in school. Um, because to me, uh, college was going to be my way out. It was going to be the key to my success. I know it sounds cliche, but I really believed that. And the Boys and Girls Club provided me with all the tools that I needed to achieve that, get all the scholarships that I needed because I knew that I couldn't afford college. Um, and it just gave me, you know, I no longer was hungry. If I ever was hungry, I knew I could go to the Boys and Girls Club and have a meal. I knew that if I needed a pencil or a laptop or Wi-Fi or whatever, I could go to the Boys and Girls Club and get that. Um, but most importantly, the Boys and Girls Club gave me these mentors who believed in me more than I believed in myself. And I think that that place is one of the places that helped me become who I am today, that helped motivate me. It gave me kids that looked up to me and I had to be this role model for them as well as my siblings. Um, and it just gave me, you know, all the leadership and all the skills that I needed. And that's what just motivated me to go forward. But also, of course, my family, because we were homeless for so long, almost half my life for about 13 years, I never want to go back there again. So that in itself motivates me to not want to, you know, go back there and just to continue to work as hard as I can to not end up in that situation again. It seems like to me from hearing your story, just the, the, the briefness of that story, that you were hungry and searching for something more out of life. You knew that there was more that life had to offer and you weren't willing to settle for what life had already given you. You were willing to do whatever needed to be done at a young age to make sure you got everything you possibly could out of life. Um, do you find that you, you run into a lot of young people with that same hunger and that same desire? I do. I do. I do think that I have, I run into a lot of kids with that hunger and desire. And I feel like those are the kids that I want to help the most because they might not have the money like I didn't have that money, but they have the skills, they have the potential, they have that ambition and that drive, that fire that's inside of them. Um, and those are the ones that are going to go really far. And it just takes people like us who have been in their shoes before to help bring them up and give them the same opportunities and chances that we had. Uh, I always tell people I never got where I am today by myself. No way, no how, right? It was always those people who came along the way who saw something in me and believed in me and pushed me forward. I mean, it started early and um, what was that? First grade, when my teacher realized that I was a little bit smarter than first grade, and so then she had me skip second grade. But if she didn't take that time to, to, to bring me in during lunch and have me read this book and talk to my mom and do all that, I never would have skipped second grade. I would have, you know, spent a whole another year in a class that I was too far advanced for. And then I had my, you know, sixth grade teacher who I was, believe it or not, I was a little bad kid in sixth grade. Uh-oh, <laughs> uh-oh. Yeah, I remember, well, I just had moved from Cali to Arizona and uh, it was new for me. I was still homeless at the time. So uh, I just was rough around the edges, probably trying to get attention. Uh, I definitely didn't want to move to Arizona from Cali. So uh, that played some part in there. <laughs> um, yeah. And I just was acting up. And this teacher, she was my sixth grade English teacher who just saw something in me, like I said before. And she would tell me, Mona, you got a lot of energy and you got a lot of personality and you're very smart, but you got to put all this in the right 
um, in the right way. You got to use it in the right way. Um, and she just, you know, held my hand, like literally probably shouldn't have done this, but she happened to live around the corner from me and she would let me come over, jump on her trampoline. She'd make me pizza and lemonade. And, you know, she bought me a yearbook because I couldn't afford that. Who knows how much it cost, maybe $15, $17 or something, but I couldn't afford that. And she bought that for me. And this lady, she still comes to all my graduations today. So um, she's definitely a huge part of my life. You know, my basketball coaches, um, my Boys and Girls Club mentors, all these different people saw something. And that's why I tell these young people all the time is that you have to work hard for yourself and people will see that and then they want to help you. But if you're not gonna help yourself, you're not even gonna try, you're gonna use all these excuses, then people are not gonna wanna help you. You know, I tell so many young people that we mentor that excuses are just your way of saying, I really don't feel like doing this. And, you know, it, there comes a point in time where you get sick and tired of being sick and tired. And it's in that moment of desperation that I find most people truly make that decision to radically change their life. I mean, we have the power to change the trajectory of where we end up. I mean, what happened to you where you started? is irrelevant to the decisions you make today, right? And it seems like you made the decision, the conscious decision. You can have the, all the help and the mentors in the world, but what I just got from what you said is that you, the mentee, have to be open to accepting the mentorship and guidance provided to you by the mentors, by your coaches, by your parents, by different people who are in a, a, a position of influence, right? So do you feel that you were just desperate enough that day when you walked to the Boys and Girls Club and you maybe you just had enough or you were always just seeking something to help you get to that next level? Do you feel it was out of desperation or you were just one of those people that always sought after more? So for me, I think that day it was just more like my friends always asking me and uh, I never would go, but I knew that I wanted more than what I was always doing every day after school, which was going home and just, you know, helping out at home and doing my homework and all of that. Um, but I get exactly what you're talking about when it is desperation. And I feel like you just get fed up. Like we, when we were talking before this uh, call right now, remember we were talking about the weight thing, right? And Absolutely. I, I know like every single time... <laughs> I talk about losing weight, you know, I'm gaining weight, I'm eating what I want, I'm not changing my habits, but I want my body to look different. I want my health to be different. I want to feel different, but I'm still doing the same thing. So how is that gonna happen? Unless I, you know, pay for a surgery or something like that, but you don't wanna do that because you didn't work hard for those results that you got, right? And I feel like it does come, I mean, most of the times when I'm like, oh my God, I need to change these eating habits or I need to start going to the gym is when I'm not fitting in my clothes anymore. And then it's like this, aha, like I got to go buy new clothes to be able to fit into it, right? So you can either change on your own or life like forces you to change. And then you do get in that desperate uh, moment that you were talking about just a moment ago. Um, but I also feel like my mom, if I could describe my mom in one word, it's definitely a survivor. Um, my mom had my sister at 16 years old, me at 17 years old, and my brother at 21, and we uh, were homeless and living on the streets and in and out of shelters. You know, there would be times where 
we would have to be in line for a Salvation Army probably about 3 p.m., 4 p.m., right, to make sure that they had enough cots that were available for us to sleep in. Well, we all know if you work a full-time job, you get off at like 5 or 6 p.m. So my mom couldn't work a full-time job because then we wouldn't make it to the shelter in time to have a cot. But then if you don't have a full-time job, you can't take care of three kids. So it was just like this cycle really, really hard to get out of and to maneuver um, life just in general. So you had to decide between, okay, do I want money and food? Um, and we all know you don't just get one paycheck and you're able to pay for a, a, a apartment, you know, first right, and last right. man, groceries, da 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 da. Or do we just work a part time job, live in this hamster wheel, and then make it to Salvation Army in time to live on a cot, you know? So it was just really, really difficult. And she's young. I, I mean, I'm 27 right now. And I can't imagine having one kid, let alone three right now, or at 21 for sure. And she, but she would always make things work, you know? Um, We would always, she would go to like the fire department and get us gloves and beanies during Christmas if it was cold. Um, She would go get the food boxes. Uh, She would get our bus passes from like government assistance somehow. Uh, You know, I, I don't know how she's done all these things, but she did it. And another thing that I'm really grateful for with my mom, just being a survivor in general, is like how she decided to keep all three of us, you know, she never let us right. split up. Some people would say, oh, we'll take the boy only, you know, or we'll take your daughters only kind of a thing, or we'll take all three of you, but not your son. Um, and my mom was like, absolutely not. So despite everything we'd gone through, she she managed to keep us together. She managed to get everything that we needed. Um, and it's because of her that we're still here and doing well today. So I feel like a lot of that passed on to me. Um, and I'm just always resourceful, you know, I'm always trying to find a way to get ahead and to move forward. And then when I find these things, I'm always willing to share it with other people so that they too can move forward as well. That's so incredible. And I know your mom is just so proud of you. Um, she doesn't have a choice but to be with everything that you've become <laughs> and everything that you're doing. One key thing I really heard you say and speak to, and this is something that You know, I I preach to young people time and time again, when they're up against the wall, they don't know what to do or where to go. They don't know how to elevate their life in school life or career, you know, is, well, how do I make my life better? And it's simply, like you said, if you want different results out of life, you have to start making different decisions. We just get so comfortable and complacent with our decision making that it's on autopilot and we allow our default uh processes to take hold over everything that we do when you know your habits override your intellect Mm -hmm. and what i mean by that is no matter what you know i mean we all know what's right what's wrong we know how important eating healthy is yet we eat wrong and badly and we we are the reason we are in the predicament that we are in we may not be able to change where we started but we can for sure change where we end up, right? So it's the idea that no matter what you know, you have to create the habits necessary to not only commit yourself to being better and doing better, to elevate yourself, but also have the discipline to sustain those habits. So, you know, going back to the weight thing, if I prayed tonight, Mona, and asked God to give me the body of my dreams, it's summer, it's hot outside, I want to go to the beach, I don't even want a six pack. I want an eight pack. (laughs) And I just want to look awesome, right? 
I want to be able to run on the beach with no shirt on, and I want everybody to look at me because of what I have and what I've been able to achieve overnight, overnight success. But I guarantee you in six months, I'll be fatter and more unhealthy than I was before that transformation because I haven't challenged my my habits and I haven't built up the discipline and commitment needed to sustain that in which I've asked for. Uh, so that's a big key in someone's development is making that decision to commit to bettering the habits you practice on a daily basis. I want to talk for a moment. You're 27. You're in a doctoral program. You're actually working on your dissertation right now. Who was the motivating figure in your life to make you believe that education was the way out? Uh, my mom. Yeah. she. My mom only has a high school diploma, but obviously she, uh, she didn't have a college degree and I'm the first in my family to get one. Uh, so I think just based on the fact that my mom didn't have that, she probably saw a lot of people who did have that and see them be successful because of it. So I think that that was her thing. It was like, go to college, go to college, go to college. Um, and it'll help us get out of this cycle of this homelessness. And so that was always my goal. I've always wanted to work hard in school. I was one of those kids that, you know, when you get yeah, that packet of schoolwork for Monday through Friday, I would finish it all on Monday. So I didn't have work for the rest <laughs> of the week. Um, I was that kid or, you know, my mom couldn't uh, give me things like money when I got good grades or candy or, and, you know, all these different things. She couldn't do that because she couldn't afford it. But when I got to school, I would get, you know, I was on the honor roll. So I would get awards and I would get candy and stickers. And that's the thing that first started to motivate me to do well in school. Um, and then just so many people that I saw around me who were successful because of college it made me want to go to college too. And it just made me feel like I would have more opportunities because of going to college and getting an education. And I, I, I strongly believe this, and I feel like I always have to say it, is that college may not be for everybody, right? A lot of people mm -hmm. learn in different ways in trade schools. We need all of those plumbers and electricians and all of those too. Um, but I do feel like you have to continue learning in life, right? You can never stop learning or the world will move on without you. Um, Absolutely. And, yeah. And so for me, like, even though I have my bachelor's and my master's right now, I could stop and um, still do my speaking and everything like that. But it was always my goal to attain the 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 biggest level of education that I could possibly attain. And of course, that's the doctorate. But I also tell people as much as I say that I don't want to end up homeless again, homelessness doesn't just happen to people who are, you know, all these stereotypes that they have that they're just lazy or they're on drugs or, you know, they're just taking advantage of the system, all these things. But we all know about natural disasters like Hurricane Katrina and it displaces all these people. And it wasn't because they were lazy or didn't want to work. It was just a natural disaster that came and wiped their home away. So I always say if something like that happened to me, and took my home and took my car and all my material possessions, my Jordans, my jewelry, you know, all this stuff. It took, if it took it away, 
the thing that it can't take away is my knowledge, my soft skills, my mm. wisdom, my ability to bounce back, my resilience, you know, um, my ambition. Those are the things that I that I've acquired along the way. And um, a lot of that I've gotten through being a student and going to school. So that's why I feel so strongly about um, going to school and getting an education um, because it definitely does open those doors and builds those connections uh, with other people to help you continue to grow. Well, let's talk about, you know, we talk about being in school and going into higher education and, and the importance that education has on someone's overall you know, professional success, and even in some cases, personal development. I, you know, college had a very big impact on me and my personal development. And I always like to say, a person's academic success rarely exceeds their level of personal development. Um, the two go hand in hand together. And you were very driven. I mean, you're trying to obtain the highest possible credential in academia. And that's something that most people don't do. Um, I think today the bachelor's degree, as far as in a professional career, has the same weight a high school diploma had two decades ago, right? Yeah. And eventually a master's degree will hold the same weight as that. And society is always pushing more, 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 more productivity, um, more credentials, that sort of thing. How can people position themselves, even outside of formal education? How can they position themselves to become lifelong learners? You, well, there's no excuse nowadays to not be learning some way, somehow. And I feel kind of bad saying this when going through school, but I feel like I learn a lot from just reading books. Because even though there's like probably billions of books out there, most of the time, a lot of these self-help books that people are writing, it's because they've been there and they've done that before. So that's there. I tell people about YouTube University. You can <laughs> learn so much from there too. Like you can learn how to, I mean, I'm not a plumber, but I fixed my toilet one time from YouTube. Uh -oh. It took me a little hey, minute. I'm going to call you after this interview. <laughs> yeah, it took me a little minute, but I was able to do it. So there's just so much information out there. Of course, you got to shift through it because there's good information, there's bad information, just like there's good teachers and there's bad teachers that, you know, maybe they are really good at math, but they're not really good at teaching math, right? So you still got to teach sure. yourself math anyways. Uh, so you definitely have that out there. But there's so much information out there that there's no excuse to not be able to learn it, right? Libraries, that that not only was a place for me to go because it was free for me to go and I could wait on my mom there, but it also built my knowledge up. And, it, you know, it was free. I could open up any book that I wanted in that library. I could get on the Internet and I could look up everything that I wanted, Um to learn but it's just you know even when i was looking for my scholarships for the first time i put in scholarships for homeless youth and that's how i got my first scholarship and then i got you know i flew out to houston texas and i never was on a plane before and i got to go there stay in a hotel you know get scholarships but all of this information is at our fingertips and we have to have to have to continue to learn um there's times where like linkedin that's where i mean i believe you both found me is a powerful powerful tool 
um, to just be connected to people. You know, when they say you're only this many degrees away from the next person that you want to speak to, um, you just reach out to those people. You market yourself in the right way. You, you know, you use your personal brand and gear it towards where you want to go. Speak it into existence, right? Like um, become an expert in whatever your field is. And, and, and in doing that, find mentors you don't necessarily have to have, like say you really value Oprah or something like that. You don't sure, have to sure. have Oprah's phone number to learn from Oprah. You don't have to learn, I mean, you don't have to have President Obama's, I still call him President Obama, so <laughs> you don't have to have his phone number to learn from him or, you know, these people who you could read about, who you could study up, who you could look at their past, how did they get to a certain place, and that shows you, like, how can I get there too, right? You might not be able to connect to President Obama, but maybe you can connect to his assistant. And obviously his assistant is learning from President Obama. So like, I feel like you just gotta think outside the box on how you can position yourself to, you know, get where you want to be. Like, don't be afraid to reach out to people. I always say that one of the main things that people like to talk about is themselves, right? So if you reach out and you're asking about a person, most likely they're gonna wanna talk to you. Like if you're throwing all these compliments at them and everything and you're like, hey, I just wanted to ask you this question, they're more likely to respond to you because they see that you've done your research on that person, you're really excited about them, you're learning from them, and you just wanna know one more thing. So they're likely to give that information to you. And imagine if you just learn one thing from all your mentors, that could change your entire life. Absolutely. Oh my gosh. What a mouthful there. I mean, that was so many takeaways. I hope the listeners are taking a lot of notes right now. Essentially ask people for help. We yeah. have to be okay with asking people for help. I think people would be amazed at how little people who have so much influence and wisdom and authority in their fields and in their industries, how little people actually come to them for mentorship or, or genuine help. I mean, I, I bet they can probably count on their hands how few people it is because everyone's thinking what you're thinking. Oh, they'll never reach back out to me. Who am I? Oh, they've probably got a million people, you know, asking for help or asking them questions or asking them for mentorship. When I have found that that is not always the case. Um, I, I've been doing this for a while. And anytime I've ever reached out to anyone with, like you just said, do your research, know something about these people, show them that you actually are a student to what they do. And people love talking about themselves and more importantly, they love talking about what they do. They love talking about how they are able to use their gifts, their passions, and their talents. People enjoy talking about what kind of difference they're able to make in people's lives. And quite frankly, when you're asking them for mentorship, that gives them the opportunity to do what they love, to help you in the way that makes them happy. And that is what it is all about. Um, you have talked about so many mentors in your life who are one or two people that really have made a significant impact on what you're doing today? Um, well, hold on. I wanted to say two things before sure, we get sure, sure. But that one thing 
Um, when you said ask for help, that's very, very important. And I think that ask, that word stands for always seeking knowledge. And I think that if you mm -hmm. don't ask questions, you don't get answers. So don't think that asking questions is a sign of weakness. I, I honestly think that it's a, a sign of a strength. So definitely always continue to ask questions. Um, and the other thing that I was going to say is, what mentors also love is not if you're just coming to be a mentee and coming to just take, 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 but if you can offer them something in exchange, that puts Absolutely. you in an even better position. Like if you're coming and you say, I would love to learn from you, but in return, I would love to help you. Is there anything that I can do? Can I come to your events and be your assistant? Can I come and help pass out your materials? Can I come? And next thing you know, you're coming to these events that they're probably charging people $5,000 a ticket to come, you know, listen to them, but you're listening for free because you offered up your services as well. So definitely think outside the box when it comes to that. But um, one of my mentors that has had the biggest impact, obviously, besides that sixth grade teacher, Miss Listener, but also my mentor at the Boys and Girls Club, who actually drove out here to Atlanta with me, <laughs> that 24-hour <laughs> drive. So, oh, my God. Yeah, so it takes a lot for a person to agree to want to do that with you. <laughs> so, oh, yeah. Um, but he was a person who actually helped me become National Youth of the Year for Boys and Girls Clubs of America. And that is actually what really changed my life because it gave me over $100,000 in scholarships to obviously pay for school, which was huge because I remember when my mom first did my FAFSA, she only made $4,000 the entire year because she was just a crossing guard for an elementary school. So he... You know, when he first asked me, Mona, do you want to become, do you want to do the Youth of the Year program for the Boys and Girls Club? And I was like, uh, what is it? You know, and he was like, well, you know, you would tell your story and you, you know, it's based off your grades, it's based off your academics and your character, your extracurricular activities and all of that. And I was like, oh, okay, sounds good. I was like, what do I got to do? And he was like, well, you tell your story. And I'm like, what story and he's like of homelessness and all of that and I was like uh absolutely not like <laughs> I'm not telling people that I used to be homeless I'm not telling people any of that stuff because like to be honest most people most of my peers didn't even know that I was homeless until my senior year of high school when I was doing this um the the youth of the year program and I started telling people my story they were like oh my god Mona I didn't know and I was like yeah because I wasn't telling people <laughs> like I'm not going around <laughs> shouting I'm homeless and stuff um <laughs> but they've got a t-shirt for that right <laughs> yeah right so, <laughs> Anyways, but then he was like, well, Mona, you can get scholarship money. And I'm like, uh, okay, sign me up. <laughs> but you know, I was like, okay. And so that's how it started me just telling my story. You know, he gave me that encouragement. He told me that by telling my story, I could help other people. And of course, I didn't have, you know, a lot of money. And even, even now, you know, still being a college student and paying for it now, um, it's not like a whole bunch of money just coming through the doors and everything. But uh, he always taught me that my story could save lives. My story could empower people and inspire people and help them get through whatever it is that they're going through. And that alone, you know, motivated me, motivated me to tell my story and it encouraged me to do that because I'm a huge, uh, I, I think like I'm a, I, I care a lot for people. I have a huge heart. Um, 
I remember I went to one job interview and they asked me, well, what do you want to do? What is your goal? And I said, I just want to change the world. <laughs> and that lady, she was like, uh, I think you need to get a little bit more specific. She was like, you don't really know what you want to do. And I was just like, well, this job probably ain't for me anyways. But, there you go. There you go. Um, <laughs> but I, get, I get what she was trying to say, but she didn't truly understand me and who I am either. So um and and i think that that side note is a is important too when you go for a job interview it's not all about them you know judging you but you need to be judging the job too and seeing if that's the perfect oh, uh, fit for you but but yeah i i think that david who was my who was my mentor and still is to this day um really impacted my life because he helped me become that national youth of the year and once i was given that title and earned that um, my whole life just flipped over and he's always believed in me and he still does to this day. And now we're like mentors and mentees to each other. That's a, mentors play such a significant role in someone's personal development. And one thing, listeners, you've got to write, I hope you've taken so many notes right now because I'm getting so many golden nuggets, as I call them, right this moment. But one thing you said that is so critical to me is that you have to know thyself. In order to be successful in life, you have to know who you are. And there's so many lost, wandering people who have no idea who they are, and they're looking for someone to tell them when you yourself need to know who you are internally. It comes from within. Mm -hmm. uh, we don't know what our passions, our talents, what our gifts are. We don't know what we were created to do or to achieve. And, you know, you said that lady was like, you need to be more specific. Well, you knew who you were and you were specific. Right. <laughs> you just couldn't see your vision, right? It's like, no, you don't understand. No, I know exactly what I mean. You just don't. So just watch and see, right? Right, right. And that is so powerful. So powerful. So what are some tips as we just kind of begin to wrap up here? What are some tips that you would tell young people today? to elevate themselves in every area of their life? So I have this um, acronym, it's called, it's Be Smart, but with a C, right? Like C level. <laughs> so anyway, okay, okay. I follow this in my life because I feel like a lot of people always ask me, Mona, how did you get from where you were to where you are now? And I feel like so many people can apply this in their lives, young, old, you know, all, all over the spectrum. So um, the C stands for circumstances. And I always say, to never let your circumstances or where you are now or your past dictate where you can go in life or how far you can go in life. Like don't let that, the now tell you how it can be in the future. Like it's not forever and it doesn't have to be. And one of those things that I tell people is like, don't get stuck staring into a rear view mirror that I say one, mm -hmm. if you're driving down a freeway, and you're staring into a rear view mirror, there's one of two things that can happen to you. One, you either crash or two, you miss the exit, which are opportunities that are available for you because you're too busy thinking about what happened to you yesterday or so-and-so said this about me a week ago or my alcoholic father did this to me, you know, 10 years ago and it's still holding on to me or my, or my mother, you know, she left us, um, you know, 15, 20 years ago and I'm still holding on to that. So many people are stuck staring into this rearview mirror that it messes up what's in front of them or what's available to them. 
So I definitely want people to get away from that. It's okay to glance back. I do it all the time because you never want to forget where you come from and you want to remain humble and be grateful for everything that you have in life and all the blessings that God has given you. But you definitely can't get stuck in that past. And then the M stands for main thing. I remember Dougie Fresh told me one time, he said the main thing in life is to make sure that the main thing remains the main thing. And mm. basically that just stands for stay focused. Whatever your goals are, make sure that you stay focused on those. What I do every year, which is very interesting for this year, but I created a vision board, right? And I thought 2020 was going to be it. And I'm sure so many other people thought that too. Uh, and I was like, oh, 2020, 2020 vision is going to be so clear. It's going to be so amazing. And of course, they kind of like pooped on everybody's parade. But, uh, but you still got to stay focused. I still have that vision board up because I know that I'm still going to achieve these goals regardless. But it gives me something to look at every single day and ask myself when I get up is everything that I'm going to do today does it align with what my vision is and what my goal is when I was in college I probably I went to Arizona State University in undergrad it's one of the top party schools and I probably only went out about six six times um yeah. yeah, so not very many times while I was there, but it was because I was like, you know what, these clubs that's out there, they're going to be out there 10 years later. And in fact, I, every now and again, I might go out and it'd be the same people there that was there 10 <laughs> years ago. And I'm like, see, it just is the same thing, except now I could do more, right? Instead of spending yep. my little $10, $10 on a drink back then was woo, $10 now, you know, I can do more, I can do better with that. So, um, <laughs> But yeah, I just think that you have to make sacrifices for the things that you want in life. And um, you'll be able to enjoy the treasures and the adventures a lot more when you become a lot more successful. Not to say that you shouldn't, uh, uh, you know, celebrate along the way, definitely do that. But just always remain focused on what your main goal is. Um, the A stands for aspirations and just surrounding yourself around people and places that help build up your aspirations and not people who tell you that you can't do something or you're not good enough or you're not beautiful enough to do that. You don't have the look for that. You know, stay away from those type of people or people who just tell you, you know, you can't do that because I tried that already. Okay, well, maybe they tried it one way. And you might try it another way and it worked for you. So just because something doesn't work for somebody else, don't discredit yourself or think that you can't achieve what they were trying to achieve. So um, just uh, constantly surround yourself around positive people, get that positive energy because all the negativity can and it will bring you down if you constantly surround yourself around those people. Um, the R is for resourcefulness. So definitely be resourceful. Like we talked about getting mentors, reading, always attaining um, knowledge, uh, raise your hand, ask questions, do all that you can to move forward. And I mean, when I say be resourceful, I mean as resourceful as, as possible. I started working at the airline um, and literally people laugh at me. Like, I was like, no, they were like, what do you do? You're at the ticket desk or you're a flight attendant. I'm like, no, I'm on the ramp. And they're like, what? <laughs> Mom, you work on the ramp. And I'm like, seriously, I was like $12 an hour minimum wage. I am on the ramp. I was like, you know, that people with the orange sticks. Yep. That's me. <laughs> I was like the people who be out there dancing. I was like, you know, them people who push the plane backs in those, in those carts and the tugs. And I was like, that's me. 
me. I was like, I fill the plane up with water. I do the air. I do all that stuff. You know, I'm like, I'm out there with my reflective uh, little, what do you call those things? Vest on and, and everything. And people are like, what? You really do that? And then you're like going and speaking at these events. I'm like, absolutely. I mean, I'm like, you know why? Because I went to Jamaica first class round trip for $80. Uh-huh. You know, so and so I'm like, who wouldn't go out there and do that for that? You know, and so, so like take advantage I, of every opportunity. Yeah, yeah. Why not make it easier on yourself? If you're going out there for your first job, why would I get a job at you know McDonald's if I don't really eat McDonald's? I'm gonna get a job at you know because I'm a sneakerhead too, <laughs> and I, I've cut back a little bit because I know I should invest my money in better things and places and you know my bank account. But if I was back then, if I had to get a job and it wasn't at the Boys and Girls Club, I would get a job at like Foot Locker or something because instead of me having to pay you know 150 for these shoes, it's gonna be 120 or 100 or you know. <laughs> but you just gotta be resourceful and everything like I was saying you go to one of your mentors events for a lot cheaper than you know free is a lot cheaper than five thousand dollars if you can get to be there a a little bit or something right right and then (laughs) lastly the t stands for talent and that's what we're talking about you got to figure out what your gifts are you got to figure out what you love to do what makes you happy and turn that into something that you just you know, that you can make a career out of, that you can make money out of. And you don't necessarily, you know, when they say, if you do what you love, you never work a day in your life. And I feel like that's how it is for me with just speaking. As you can see, I love to talk. And I'm like, man, you mean I can travel all over the world, inspire people, talk my little heart out, and I can make a living off of it too, you know, and be blessed by that field. You know, sign me up every time, right? There's another thing where I love like sending and receiving cute greeting cards. And probably in the last like month or two, people have just been asking me like, hey, can you send me greeting cards? And I've made a little business out of that. But you could just have all these side hustles and all these side businesses just doing what you love to do already. So you definitely got to find out, you know, what what is it that you love to do? What is it that makes your heart dance and sing and um, just work hard at that continue to build that craft and um, you can make a career out of it there's there's jobs that are available today that we never even thought were you know gonna be a job I mean now people are getting scholarships for playing video games and going to college off of that like it's crazy but um but yeah I just think you definitely gotta try new things and put yourself out there because there might be things that you like to do out there that you don't even know that you like to do. Um, And next thing you know, that'll be your career field. So that's one of the biggest thing is just be smart and utilize that acronym because I think it could help anybody get from plan A to, you know, or point A to point B. Another thing was just that definitely ask for help. Don't be afraid to ask for help. I can't stress that enough at all um another thing is like believe in yourself and instead of instead of being like oh i want to be like mike or i want to be like lebron who's my favorite basketball player by the way (laughs) but uh that oh i want to be like all these people no be the best version of yourself like that's who you need to compete against that's who we need in the world we don't need a whole bunch of lebrons that wouldn't even be fun to watch if we had a whole team of LeBron. You know, it'd be too easy for uh-huh. people. You know, you don't want that. <laughs> we want the best, you know, 
uh, Mona and the best Jonathan and the best David and the best, we want that. That's what we need in the world. So just become, you know, the best version of yourself and work hard to, to be that. So that's definitely what I would tell everybody. Um, you know, just work hard and be you and have fun and celebrate life and don't take things for granted because we never know how long we have um, and do what you can now. And definitely, and most importantly, love other people and be kind to other people. Karma is a bad girl, but also <laughs> you just want to put love out into the world because I feel like we have a lot of evilness out here and we just got to do what we can to make a difference uh, little by little and eventually we'll change the world together. Woo, what a treasure chest of knowledge and wisdom and inspiration. I hope you guys took so many notes. Mona, before we get out of here, how can we follow everything that you're doing? Um, so my website is monadixon.com, M-O-N-A, Dixon, D is in dog, I-X-O-N, um, dot com. And then on there, it has all my social media. So Facebook, Instagram, Mona Dixon Official, Twitter, which I don't use that much, but I try, <laughs> is uh, <laughs> Mona Dixon Speaks. So, yep, you can follow me at all of those. And I'm not too big time. I don't got all this publicist and stuff. So it'll be me <laughs> if you have any questions. And I love talking to people, as you can see. So definitely reach out. <laughs> Mona, thank you so much for coming on the show today. It has been such a pleasure. We appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate this opportunity to help shed light and help bring people along with us. Conversation Corner family, you are the sum of the five people you hang out with the most and you have just spent an incredible time with me and Mona Dixon and I hope that you have been lit on fire like I have been lit on fire. Until next time, I'll see you on the flip side. Hey guys, thank you so much for listening today, but I need you to do three very important things right now. Number one, subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. Number two, share this episode with someone who would benefit from it. Number three, go to mission3e.com and make a charitable contribution to support what we do. And always remember, together, we can make the world a better place, one conversation at a time.